0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: I'd appreciate it, Coop. I am Chris Cuomo, and welcome to Primetime. Look, here's the reality. The two-party system is a challenge for our democracy, and there is a real discussion to be had about whether it's time to change it so that the full complement of beliefs and people who want them can be empowered in our elective bodies. But that's not where we are right now. Right now we have a catastrophe on our hands because it takes two to tango in our system as it is, right? And one party has become consumed by its fringe, by extreme notions of division. We are in such a a sad state that I bet you both parties right now think I must be referring the other. But for all the flaws of the policies and people that populate the Democrats, or really the left, it is the grand old party that is at war with itself. A war that is affecting everyone and everything in this country. We can't be a cult of personality, warns the number three in the House GOP, Liz Cheney. But she knows her party is just and only that now. Either you are for Trump and pledge to oppose the reality that he lost and oppose all efforts to work with anyone who says he did, or else. Cheney is one of the only to dabble with all else. She called BS on Donald Trump again today as he tries to re-pitch the big lie. Cheney at an earlier event today said we can't rebuild the party or the conservative movement on a foundation of lies. We can't be a cult of personality. We can't whitewash what happened on January 6th or perpetuate Trump's big lie. It is a threat to democracy. What he did on January 6th is a line that can't be crossed. Now, all of that until the last point is a fact. It's all a fact, it all happened, it's all real. The problem is, her party accepts fiction. 70% of her party believes Biden did not win rightfully. That's from the latest CNN poll. As a result, the leadership has decided to work only on one type of reform, not in immigration, Not health care, not infrastructure. The reform is reforming the reality of the act of terrorism that we all saw in the insurrection of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Listen. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's
2: attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob. I was the first person to contact him when the riots was going on. He didn't see it. What he ended the call was saying, telling me he'll put something out to make sure to stop this. And that's what he did.
1: He's a liar. This is the guy that told people that he begged Trump to call off his dogs on the 6th. And that when Trump started messing with him, guess they care more about it than you do. They got into a cursing contest. Now he sees it differently. Why? He's afraid. So now he sees Cheney as more of a problem than the insurrection. Listen.
3: This Republican party is a very big tent. Everyone's invited in.
4: Is
1: Cheney still a good fit for your leadership team, do you believe? That's a question for the conference. Question for the conference. You are the conference. What happened to the big tent, Mr. McCarthy? Everybody's invited, not anymore. It is a party of one, Trump. This is not debatable. The only thing that's debatable is what happens as a result. Trump knows this. He knows the party is weak. And he is doing what any good invader does. And be clear, this man is no conservative, okay? He is invading conservatism and doing it brilliantly and effectively. So what does he do, Trump? He goes at Cheney as more proof of what happens if you oppose his lies. He canceled her. She's a warmonger who will never run again in Wyoming. But see this as two pieces. You'll never run again. That's the consequence. That's why McCarthy lies. But it's also something else. What's the other piece? It's a shot at her father, former Vice President Cheney, who, by the way, was a warmonger. But why is he saying it? Truth, never. It's Trump's attempt to destroy the past players of the party. You see, he wants to destroy what was seen as the culture of GOP. Make it all bad, all wrong. There is no past. The only reality is the present, and that is me. And he is winning within the ranks. The past of the GOP has been rendered poison, and the most poisonous Those who dare to question his Trumpness, like Senator Mitt Romney.
3: Now, you know me as a person who uh, who says what he thinks, and I don't hide the fact that I wasn't a fan of our last president's character issues. And I'm also no fan. Aren't you embarrassed?
1: Nope. There is no shame in their game. You see, that is the upside of anger. This is not about balance. Romney was the Republican Party's nominee in 2012. Now he's called a traitor and booed at his party's state convention because he's changed? No, because they've changed. And he won't back the guy who incited an insurrection, but they wanted the insurrection because they saw it as an act of patriotism because they were told and choose to believe that they are under attack. And Romney, can smile up on that stage, but he feels the teeth. He won't even come on this show to talk about it. Think about what that means. So what is winning? Trump, not just Trump. Trumpism, this, a QAnon kook, Marjorie Taylor Greene endorsed the execution of Democrats and all that crazy Q stuff. She wanted to start a white nationalism caucus. Someone talked her out of it. It's only leaders from the past now who are willing to call out the obvious and odious. Remember this guy? You know, uh,
3: it's uh it, 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 yeah. It, to me, that uh, basically says that uh, we want to be extinct. But I know this, that if the Republican Party stands for exclusivity, you know, it used to be country clubs, now evidently it's, it's uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestantism, then it's not going to win anything. Or is he wrong?
1: Will this new nativism lead to a return to power? Can Trump conquer conservatism by destroying the people and principles of the party's past and replacing them with something simple. It is us or it is them. And only I can save you. Let's put it to the better mind, Mr. Michael Smirconish. Now, this isn't as simple, my brother, as talking about the party that you embraced versus the party today. I believe we already know the answer. You don't win in that party. If you are not on the side of what Trump believes in and really is just an echo effect of a lot of different quarters of animus in this country, isn't that the reality? So I share much of
4: what you just offered. I'll go a step further. This may be politically speaking, because it's totally untethered to reality. Politically speaking, it might be a brilliant strategy for Trump. And I say that because he's now got 70% of Republicans lockstep on this issue, therefore very hard to run at him, very hard to run at anybody who supports his perspective in primaries. So it secures his short-term position. Now fast forward to the midterm election. You know historically what happens, Chris. Mm -hmm. The party outside of the White House typically picks up. They only need, what, a half dozen seats in the House of Representatives? So maybe when the midterm is over, Republicans are back in control of the House of Representatives. And who's going to be standing there claiming all credit? Donald Trump. The only opportunity to dislodge him as the titular head of the Republican Party is if the GOP gets shellacked
1: in the midterm. But that's so unlikely. Yeah, I mean, they lost 81 to 74 or whatever it was uh, when, by all lights, you know, he should have had a second term. You know, he brought the vaccine there. If he just talked the right talk about the pandemic right up until the end, he probably would have beaten Biden. Democrats were reluctantly in that camp, but it meant nothing to his fate. You know, there is he is the Teflon Don. But here's my question. What does it mean for conservatism if this continues? If jingoism and nativism replaces conservatism, what happens? Well, they
4: can splinter. You know, the, the, the Romney, the Liz Cheney, uh, the Adam Kinzinger, there's only a handful of them, but they're, they're just going to have a, a piece of the GOP. Maybe it's enough to deny what's left of the Republican Party victory, but I doubt it. And here's something else I want to say. I, and I, what I'm about to say I think applies to many people who are in our business, but I don't think it applies to either of us. I don't think they mean what they say. And the proof of this is that 139 Republicans in the House just a couple of months ago challenged the election result. That was in the light of day with the base and the world watching. But when they were behind closed doors and the vote was on Liz Cheney, all of a sudden the 139 became 61. It was an anonymous vote. Nobody knew. You weren't going to be held accountable. You can't have it both ways, Chris. Either you believe the election was rigged and therefore you want Cheney out. Because after all, she voted to impeach, but that's not the way those two votes were tallied. So my point is, when the base isn't watching, I'll bet they tell the truth. I'll bet in the cloakroom, what they're really saying is, my God, I wish I could
1: say what Liz Cheney is saying, except I'd get primaried. They all say that to us. Michael, you know it, and I know it. I've had phone calls with so, and I'll never go bad on them. I do not burn sources. I want to know where people's heads and hearts are. Yes, I get frustrated. And I say, don't tell me this now, and then say that I'm lying or whatever it is when you're out on TV or over on hate TV on Fox. But that's the reality. And I'd rather have the council than not. But they've already answered the question. And now I, I don't understand why this doesn't translate into everybody's mindset. Why does anybody believe the GOP will work with Biden on anything? It is a death blow for them if they work with him. Why, why don't the Democrats and everybody understand this? Well, and it's all, it's all about the cultural divide issues,
4: right? I mean, here's an amazing thing. The Republican Party, in which I cut my teeth in the 80s, the Reagan era, this would have been all about $6 trillion being spent. Mm-hmm. It would have been all about the size of the debt. Nobody even talks about that anymore. Why? I guess it doesn't drive the base. You know what drives the base? The border drives the base. You know what drives the base? The the whole trans issue in sports seems to drive the base. And what it tells me overall is that it's all about self-preservation. It's not about getting anything done. It's simply about keeping your gig in Washington.
1: It used to be. Back then, it would have been, here's what I want to do. And then you would have the fight over cost. Now you start with price tag politics. Right. So Biden has to put out a big number because the best he's ever going to get is the number because it's never going to happen. So he might as well say 16 trillion because you're not going to get anything done because you're not going to blow up the filibuster. You don't have the resolve in your ranks. And I have to tell you something. I know people aren't going to like this. Manchin is right. And I'll tell you why. I don't like the filibuster. Yes, it came out of Jim Crow. I don't believe it's ever been used for anything other than to forestall the obvious. And the founders didn't want it. So that's my case. But the practicality is Manchin is right because they will get the Senate back. And we both know what happens when they do. Michael McConnell will still be there and he will bring down a reckoning of epic proportion and he will get things done because they will be in line. And that's why Manchin's right. The Democrats don't have it within themselves to fight the kind of fight you need to fight if you get rid of the filibuster. Fair or do I misread? No,
4: you're right. I'll go a step further. Imagine if there were 5 mansions and not one, total power in the Senate would be controlled by an independent mindset.
1: That talk about vestigial. Michael Smirkanish, thank you for Friday. Thank you for the upgrade, and thank you for being with us, as always. The the honor was me It was an honor. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Be well. All right. So, retrumplicans. Why did I coin that phrase? Now you know. And by the way, I'm not casting it as an aspersion. I'm not here to judge whether or not that's good to get in line with one man's view of what the country should be. That's for you guys to figure it out. But that's what it is. So don't tell me that it's inaccurate. Don't tell me, oh, you're just insulting. That's what they are now they have to make a choice and they have already don't you see they want congress lie about the election win congress why stoke fear stoke animus and if people say yeah but it really did happen oh but don't they lie to you about everything on the left well yeah they do Uh, so what we're not supposed to do what they do well that's a good point that's what's happening or am i wrong What is the other outcome? Let's put it to two GOP veterans from one of the most important swing states. Next. Why is this happening on the right? Simple. It's the math, stupid. Right? To paraphrase Jim Carville. The math tells you lie, deny, defy reality, create division, you win. And look at the results. A quarter of the party doesn't want to accept the truth. And look, I don't know what to call the party. We'll talk about it uh, with our two guests. But Biden legitimately won the presidency. And a minority of this party believes that. And a minority believes that Trump is to blame at all for the Capitol riot. And that is why we're seeing this new strategy carve away from diversity, make it about us and them. We have to talk about where this goes. I will accept the arguments. I will not accept a false premise for it. I want to bring in former Republican legislators, Charlie Dent and Rick Santorum. But first, I have wood to chop with Santorum. And this is the piece of sound uh, that I need to talk to you about right here.
3: If you think about this country, I don't know of any other country in the world that was settled predominantly by people who were coming to practice their faith. They came here because they were not allowed to practice their particular faith in their own country. And so they came here mostly from Europe and they set up a country that was based on Judeo-Christian principles. If you think of other countries like Italy and Greece and China and Turkey and places like that, they've all sort of changed over time. I mean, they've been been there for for millennia in many cases. And their culture has sort of evolved over time. But not us. We came here and created a blank slate. We, we birthed a nation from nothing. I mean, there is nothing here. I mean, yes, we have Native Americans, but, it, but candidly, that, that, there isn't much Native American culture in American culture.
1: Now, Rick, two problems. One, it's not accurate. There is a lot of affect from the Native culture on America. Uh, Absolutely. And there are a lot of people here who believe in that. And this seemed like you were yep. trying to erase diversity in the interest of some white no, no. Christian. Right.
3: No, 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 no. What just just to be clear, what I was not saying is that Native American culture, I, I misspoke. I was, I was saying in the, what I was talking about. Is as you can see from the run-up, I was talking about the founding of our country. I'd given a long talk about the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and the ideas behind those, and that 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 that. And and I was saying we sort of created that anew, if you will, and and I was. I was not trying to dismiss na- Native Americans. In fact, I mentioned it because, yes, they were here and they did have an impact. In fact, in this country, you're right. They have a huge impact, particularly in the West and many other areas of the country where they have a huge impact on American culture. I was talking about, and I misspoke in this respect, I was talking about the founding and the principles embodied in the founding. I would never, and you know, people have said, oh, I'm trying to you know dismiss what we did to the Native Americans. Far from it. Uh, the way we treated na- Native Americans was horrific. Uh, it goes against every bone and everything I've ever fought for uh, as as a as a leader in, in, in the Congress. I believe, as the as our founding document says, that we are endowed by a Creator with unalienable rights, and that we are all equal. and 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 when we treat people as other or less than human. That's when America, that's when every country gets into problem. We did it with the Native Americans. We did it with, with respect to African Americans. I believe we're doing it with, with children in the womb today. So this is a very personal and very passionate that we can't in, uh, treat people as different or other, and we get into a lot of problems. So I wasn't saying any of the things that the, the social media world is saying that I was saying. I was simply talking about the founding documents of the United States, not the colonies, but the United States was based on these principles of freedom of conscience, religious liberty, and the importance of that as, uh, as, as a building block to the American dream. I want to take one more
1: beat on it because I think it's instructive of the conversation yeah. we're going to have about your party. Why are people pissed yeah. off? Because it seems to be the continuation of a trend, not just with you, but with the newest manifestation of your party, of beating up the little guy and making them seem as less than. Forget the natives. Um, You know, you have done this with homosexuality, comparing it to bestiality, same-sex marriage, minorities. And it seems like this is part of your party now, that there's something wrong with these black people. That's why bad trouble happens. There's something wrong with these gay people. There's something wrong with these people who aren't reproductive rights. They're not us. They're not us. We started this country. Who's we? You're like me. You're a mutt who came here a couple of generations ago, Rick. You ain't no pilgrim. Okay. So the point is that this is a continuation of an us and a them, and the them is the Native Americans, the black Americans, the gay Americans. They're all others. They're not us white Christian types. But the white Christian types aren't even white Christian types. uh, Do you see why it makes
4: people so so scared and so
3: hurt? Well, yeah, all I can say is if you just listen to what I said before your question which is, you know, the beautiful thing about, you know, uh, the imperfect people that, that, that put together our founding documents, they put together a pretty perfect say, saying, which is, all men are created equal and endowed by a creator with rights. And, and as I said before, we get into trouble in this country, and I agree with you. There are people who look at people as other, look at people as less than. Yeah, your party's and, led and by one of them. despicable, right disgusting. Well, all I can mm-hmm. say is, I, you know, I, I, I have rejected that. I've rejected it. look. And you won't I don't even think say we his name, and say that you dis- reject
1: that about him. You will not even say it, by the way.
3: I, well, I would, re- I'd be happy to say I I, I reject uh, the way that Donald Trump has phrased others uh, in some of his in some of his rhetoric. But but the point is, I don't think we want to conflate disagreements about public policy issues, mm-hmm. which are based, which have a whole lot of other ramifications, mm-hmm. and how we treat people as individuals i I think we can treat people with respect and dignity and disagree with them on very important issues like abortion or like marriage and not and not just because i disagree with someone on the issue of marriage doesn't mean i hate them or see them as less than i agree i think that's what i get accused of and that's wrong well
1: i think a little bit of it is context Um, you ask for it with what you say and who you choose to carve out in terms of who you find acceptable and don't. But I wanted to give you a chance to explain yourself because that's what this show is about. I'm going to test you on it because I don't like where it's coming from. But I want to have that conversation with Charlie Dent, who I believe represents a different part of what you guys used to be about as a party. So let's take a break, come back with two people who share the same label, but I don't know that you're the same thing anymore. Right after this. All right, let's bring in Charlie Dent with Rick Santorum. Now, Charlie, here's the proposition. Uh, Rick's getting beaten up. He's saying, give me the benefit of context. I didn't mean it that way. People are jumping on him because this is how they see your party. You guys are about us versus them uh, and lying about anything that doesn't suit you. You won't say Trump's word. I had to come at Rick three times just to get him to say it. And he has no reason not to say it. But McCarthy does. uh, And Scalise does. And McConnell does. And that's why they all shut up and do what they have to do, even if he says there was no insurrection, even if he says the election was wrong, even if he makes blacks sound like savages, black people, and they're coming for your neighborhood with Cory Booker. And now you got a QAnon lady who's safer in your party than a former VP's daughter. What does that tell you about where you are, Charlie?
2: Well, the party's in a terrible place, and it's badly fractured. And I think some of the Republican leaders in the House uh, simply want to whitewash this whole thing. They want to tell us that they're all unified, they're happy. Hey, they, hey Kevin McCarthy raised $27 million in the first quarter, and the NRCC raised $33 million. That's a; Those are big numbers. And so they don't want to do anything that, that would disrupt their ability to monetize uh, this current movement. And if they find it easier and politically safer to attack the woman, Liz Cheney, who's telling the truth. Uh, rather than condemn the man, the former president, Donald Trump, who continues to perpetuate this lie that somehow he won the election and that it was all stolen from him. It is nonsense. It is destructive. This is horrible for a party that it's it, We've. I've been saying Chris, I've been saying this since I was in Congress. That too many people in our party, you know, they, 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 the litmus test is about loyalty to a man. It's not about any governing principles or ideals anymore. And there are a bunch of us on the outside working to establish these ideas and principles, which will be released at some point in the not-too-distant future. But we're in a very bad place, and everybody
1: knows it. What do you think about what happened to Mitt Romney, Rick? Isn't that kind of like the ultimate sign that it's over in Utah, of all places?
3: Well, uh you know, what happened to Mitt Romney was because, not I don't think, it was obviously because of what he did with Trump and the impeachment vote. Uh, but it's a whole host of other things that Mitt Romney's been doing and, and uh, sort of breaking away from conservative orthodoxy in, in the Senate. And, uh, you know, the conservatives in, in Utah were never for Mitt Romney. He wasn't their choice. So I'm, I'm not necessarily surprised at a convention, usually dominated by conservatives, that he would get that kind what of reaction. What did he break away he from? He would get that kind of reaction. What do, what do
1: you think he did that rejects conservatism?
3: Well, I can give you a, a long laundry list. Having Just one run against him in 2012. I have a long laundry list. Uh, uh, healthcare is probably the, the biggest so? one, and he, you know, he continues to. Well, I mean, he was the, you know, he was the architect of RomneyCare, which became the template for Obamacare, and he's yeah. continued to, you know, not not be, in my opinion, a strong conservative on healthcare for a long, long time. So that's that's one that's one area. But, but hold on a second. Hold uh, you know, on, Rick. The, the, Rick the I'll, take your, I
1: I'll take your example because I think it's relevant, Charlie. This is new thinking. Okay. Uh, one, Romney was your nominee in 2012, which means the party, uh, as a majority, accepted uh, what he wanted. But this notion that conservatives don't want everybody to have health care and that conservatives don't think health care should be affordable. That's not what I said, Chris. Uh, but, but that was what Romney's argument That's was. That's not to get what
3: I you, said, Chris. What, I know no, it's no, not it what you wasn't. said, it's, it's but you argued against Romney's solution solution or plan, or and that was his solution. plan. No. His plan was a government solution, not a market solution.
1: But there's no such thing as a market solution when you're dealing with something that people can't afford unless government steps in and you know it. But, Charlie, go ahead. Hold it. Right. Well, look, 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 Mitt Romney was not
2: being censured or rebuked. Uh, for any ideological transgression. He was being rebuked because he voted to impeach Donald Trump and because he has told the truth about Donald Trump and the insurrection. That's why they're attacking him. This has absolutely nothing to do with ideology. You think people who who, who pledge fidelity to ideology would be standing up and defending Mitt Romney right now. But that's the sad state of the party right now. We don't do that anymore. We, you know, we, we, we had these, oh, these self-designated chiefs of the Republican Purity Police always calling people rhinos and squishes that they were not pure enough. And look, here comes Donald Trump, the most non-ideological transactional guy on the planet. And all of a sudden, you know what, they forgot all about those principles on trade and so many other issues, you know what, because it was in their political interest to stay close with him. This nope. has nothing to do with ideology and we shouldn't even
3: yeah, I, again, indulge in all, thought. With all due respect, Charlie, I, I, I agree with you that there are many in this party and I think it's sad. That there are many in this party that have sort of a cult of personality attar- attraction to, to Donald Trump, and they get a lot of play on the national media. But I can tell you that the vast majority of Republicans in the House and Senate don't have that personal connection to Donald Trump, but they are very, very much afraid about what can happen here in the next couple of years if Republicans don't get control of the House of Representatives in 2022. And what they don't want is a civil war where Donald Trump is splitting off and running candidates every in every single election, dividing Republicans. and 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 causing a, a victory for the Democrats in 2022, which they think the consequences, po- not just politically, but more importantly, for the future of the country are dire. So yes, are they sitting on their tongues and they're, they're, not, they're not going after Donald Trump? But they're trying what they're trying to do and what Kevin McCarthy and the leadership has been trying to do is walk the razor's edge of trying to hold the party together and 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 to see so we can stop this march toward socialism that that Joe Biden has uh, has put us on. It's a march toward social.
1: Only, anyway, let's let, hold on. Charlie, let me give you the last point here. He says walk the razor's edge. I say you've dived on the blade uh, and you've made your decision. Um, you are now the party of and Christianity. It's out to hate us. And these black people, you better be careful, because you see that they're coming for it. That's who you are. You got a QAnon person in your ranks who is safer than your number three, because she's saying things that are on unpopular. You can shake your head, Rick. You're playing the same game, and that's why all the conservatives ran around you when the, you said that thing Donald about the Trump Native lost Americans. The election.
3: I think, you know? I, uh, well, yeah, yeah. What why I are I said, they loving I mean, you up, that's Rick? That's not fair. Why that's are they a loving sh- you up? A, a, why are they loving you up? up? They're about going bad up, Chris, on Native for Americans for the same reason. Right, the, the same reason they light you up this, on the other side, because they hate you. <laughs> the people on the right hate you. People on the left hate me. Look, and so anytime this, they can take something out of context and go after me, they do. You know this, Chris. No, no, no. I'm Come saying on. why are the this people is, is on the is right the sport loving you is up, social Rick, media. Rick,
1: I'm not a victim. What I'm saying Who's is why are the people up? on the right celebrating you? He should say that. We are white and Christian. We have to get back what? to that. Rick's right. Why are they loving uh, you up?
3: The, the, yeah, well... That's not, by the, the way, that's not what the, I said, and that and and, to, and those who took it, it out of context tried way. to make it that, but that's not what I said. No, it didn't. If you looked at the whole speech, I was talking to a group of young people about the founding of the country and the importance of religious liberty in the country. And you it dismissed the it was all about the principles. And you
1: dismissed the impact of people who were
3: conquered, marginalized, I and brutalized. I dismissed. I I did not dismiss them or that I talked about what their contribution was. What was the contribution to the founding? Well, I I, I guess the question is, if you want to go out here and make a case that Native Americans had a huge impact on the founding documents of the the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence. The story you you guys tell, they kept you alive. I'm asking you, Chris. I'm asking you, Chris. If you want to go out and make the make the case, please do. I, I'd love to hear it. I don't want to make the case. What, I want to make the case that you respect people and you don't I, make that, it sound like the, that anybody that's who's the case not I'm some making. white Anglo-Saxon no, no, no. Protestant I'm is a problem. I'm talking about wrong, Chris. Wrong. I agree. Chris, it's I'm wrong. talking about the facts of what happened, not what happened. That's all I'm trying to describe. What happened? There's a lot and I understand of our culture that still reflects. The first natives were. Of course, here. there is, and I didn't say that. Oh, that's of course, how there is a lot oh, look, of our culture that reflects look, that. I'm talk talking about, about the two founding documents. I understand okay. that,
1: but it didn't come across that way, and you understand why. And you have a list of things that fall into this book. Again, I understand.
3: Before. They took it out okay. of context. Well, but context they, they is sometimes
1: a little suggestive to what your ultimate goal is. But, Charlie, the last point to you. Go ahead. Uh, Rick, listen. I'm being as fair as I can.
2: Charlie, go
5: ahead.
2: The the, the GOP must reject the nativism, the nihilism, this ugly cronyism that we experienced over the last four years. These are not attributes of a great party and certainly not the party of Lincoln and not of a great country. We have to we, we have to Agreed. embrace the diversity of this country and and reach out to it and get people to vote for us, not simply retreat and say, oh, guys who are like me, you know, who are white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestants and some Celtic, by the way. But you know, we can't win by just uh, this this type of it's it's an identity politics that we Couldn't should not more. be part of. I agree. I mean, that's the that's the I problem agree. here. And we've had nativism from day one. You know, my German ancestors were not always treated well uh, by their the English, the English who were here before them in Pennsylvania. And every other group that's followed has been mistreated. But we shouldn't embrace it or encourage that kind of ugliness that we've had in our country. That's where we got it. We got to get beyond this. The faster that that and, gets a big
1: and, big amen, the faster your party will figure out its problem. Because if that were being said in any way that didn't disappear in the actions and sentences that were to follow, you'd be in better shape. And just to be very clear, um, this is personal for me, Uh, and it has nothing to do with white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. I love you, Charlie. I'll give you a big kiss on the face if you're here right now, especially now that I'm vaccinated. But it's that for people like me in Santorum, uh, we're a couple generations at best removed from being in this other category. And I'm not saying that I like being part of some white majority. It happens If you don't stop it and once you've experienced it, you should stop it. And anything that you do to suggest that it's still the right way to do things, you're going to have more trouble. So it is personal to me. It should be personal to all of us. Charlie Dent, Rick Santorum, respect you both for taking the opportunity. We'll be right back. Reality, we're not going to reach herd immunity. Not anytime soon. A third of us have been fully vaccinated overweighted into the vulnerable and the older population, which is probably saving us. Daily vaccination rates are dropping and they'll continue to. Why? It's been politicized, but it's raising concerns among experts that not only won't we get to herd immunity, but what it will mean down the road that we didn't. Dr. Ashish Jha, uh, I do not mean to be a wet blanket, but once the politics have come into play, you've got DeSantis down in Florida, you got Fox News 24-7. They're trying to take your choice. It's your body. I mean, it's amazing. They sound like they're reproductive rights advocates all of a sudden. Um, you're not going to get to herd immunity. What does it mean?
6: Yeah, Chris, thanks for having me on. So first of all, I, you know, look, whether we get to herd immunity or not is up to us. right? If I think that if people are willing to roll up their sleeves and get, get vaccinated, we will get to herd immunity. So I'm more optimistic than a lot of the other folks out there. Second is if we keep vaccinating, right now we're at about 55% uh, of adults vaccinated. Keep going, get up to in the 70s, it'll make a massive difference. Case numbers will plummet. We may not be at herd immunity, we'll see little outbreaks here and there, but life will begin to really get back to
1: but normal. But so yeah, what if you don't? What if you don't? What if you get just a little bit beyond where we are right now?
6: You know, th- that's a problem, right? Then we got 50,000 cases happening. I think that those numbers will come down. A bit more. But we're going to be stuck with dealing with this for a long time. This is why I think failure is not an option. I think we got to figure out what's holding people back and we've got to address it. You know, some of it is hesitancy and politicization. Some of it is it's still a pain to get a get a vaccine in place. You got to sign up. Some of it is you, you don't
1: get enough of a boost for having the vaccine.
6: You know what I mean? You yeah, don't get I enough he- of an upside. Yeah, we got to do a better job communicating on that. It's massive, the upside, right? You're protected. You can start really going back and living your life in a very, very different way once you're vaccinated. That message has not gotten across clearly. We not enough. If you
1: still got to wear a mask. You don't get to go and do things and go places the way that you want to. There's no preference for you being vaccinated.
6: Yeah, I, look, you, you don't have to wear a mask when you're outside if you're fully vaccinated. Uh, pretty soon as case numbers come down, you're going to see a lot of indoor mask mandates starting to pull back for vaccinated people. Uh, it's just safer. You can be around people who are older and chronically ill, and uh, they're vaccinated, you're vaccinated. It just becomes way safer. So we've got to do a good job of communicating that.
1: How bad can it get if people don't get vaccinated and they say, You're not vaccinating my kids? Uh, all the science says that they're fine. You already screwed us on school. Uh, they're going back, leave me alone. What happens?
6: Yeah, I mean, if we just don't vaccinate, then obviously one of the things we've known is we get big outbreaks. You can get more variants, which, of course, uh, can pose our own problems. We're going to have problems with our uh, people getting sick, hospitalizations. It's going to be hard to do those large gatherings, indoor concerts, uh, outdoor baseball games. Like This stuff will get much, much harder if we do not make more progress on vaccinations.
1: You think things get worse or they just stay bad longer?
6: They stay bad longer. I don't think they get much worse. We've got a lot of progress built in. Uh, Obviously, new variants, uh, ballgame can change, but assuming that there isn't a curveball like that, I think they just stay bad longer.
1: You know why I asked the distinction? Apropos of the conversation I'm having about politics, I don't think people care enough. That look, I took care of me and mine. I feel good about me and mine. Yeah, people are gonna get sick, life is hard. And surrendering the me to the we happened in some ways but not in the ways that we needed to really beat this. And now we'll be watching what the effect of our own choices. But I'll tell you this, Ashish Jha, you've always been straight with us. You made a miracle happen uh, up at Brown University by doing the right things and everybody can study it and learn what you did and how well it worked. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Chris. Us versus them, us and them, us and them. Worst disease we face. Proof of it today, another funeral. Another black man killed by North Carolina deputies this time by police. Andrew Brown's family, they want answers. Now we've made them the proxies for the rest of us. Only they get to see the video. So now they have to carry that burden on top of their loss. They have to make the case to the rest of the country about what happened. Does that sound right? That we don't get to see the footage? That it's reverse? That you don't have any interest in it unless somebody says you do? North Carolina's attorney general next. It's been 12 days since Andrew Brown Jr. was killed. Protesters are still marching in the streets of Elizabeth City, North Carolina, demanding justice, which really now is the fairness of transparency. Just hours after Brown's family and friends gathered for his funeral, they were back out on the streets. Why is that family given the responsibility of letting the rest of us know what happened? North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein is here. Good to see you, sir. I don't understand this. Um, this was an easy pass in the legislature. I think it was like 48 to two and it reversed the transparency requirement from suggesting that things are seen as being presumptively of the public interest and making the public have to fight for transparency. That's what the law does. Why was it such an easy pass?
5: Thank you, Chris. Yes, today, Andrew Brown Jr. was laid to rest, and he was a father and a nephew, friend and neighbor to many. And at the service, Reverend Barber spoke, family members from Eric Garner, Dante Wright, George Floyd, they all spoke uh, as members of a club nobody would ever want to be a part of. And they gave intimate words of support to Mr. Brown's family. And They gave the public a charge to do better and we must do better. And one way we can do better is having better transparency and and more accountability. North Carolina law was changed in 2016 and it declared that body cam footage is not a public record and that's backwards. The whole reason we have body and dash cams footage is so that we can know what happened. The public will have more trust and faith in what law enforcement does when we can see what happened. Uh, So we need to change North Carolina law, switch it so that it is a public record. And if there's some valid investigative reason why the footage should be temporarily delayed, put the onus on law enforcement to get that uh, hold, not uh, put it on the people. And they're
1: leaking what they want people to know by suggestion about, Uh, Andrew Brown Jr. They did it in the beginning when the sheriff came out and said, this guy's got a history of resisting arrest. Then you had uh, a member of the prosecutor team come out and say, you know, the car hit them. I I don't understand anything they thought about prejudicing the case. They've already filled that vacuum with their own words. Now, the governor had said he wanted the the body cam video to come out. Then the case was removed from the locals to the state. And yet there has been no action on transparency. Can you sue Mr. Attorney General, can you sue and say this law is unconstitutional and it has to change
5: now? Can you sue? The case was not taken away from the locals. The local sheriff invited in the State Bureau of Investigation to do perform the investigation, which is a good thing because we want to have independent investigations. We don't want the sheriff's office investigating itself. He also invited in An outside sheriff's office to ensure that their local policies were complied with, an internal affairs investigation. Um, I don't have the authority to sue on this matter in North Carolina. The authority to prosecute these cases are left with the local district attorney, not the state. So the case has not been referred to my office. Uh, The law, as it's written by the General Assembly, can be revisited by them, and there are bills in the legislature that had been filed to do just that.
1: Mm. Mr. A.G., I appreciate you clarifying where the case is uh, and saying what I hope should be obvious to everybody, including your governor. He said he wanted it out. Why doesn't he demand it's out? Why doesn't he say it every day? That's not a question for you, it's a question for him. Mr. A.G., thank you for being with us. We'll be right back. Thank you. All right, us and them. The longer that that stays, the state of play on any level of society is doom. It is poison. It is more virulent than any virus will ever face. Us and them. The founding of this country was all about the surrender of the meat of the we. It hasn't been done right since its, since its inception, but it's always been an experiment. It's always been about getting better. Will we recommit to the idea of becoming better or will we just be doomed to just watch ourselves get worse? Thank you for watching CNN Tonight. The big show with the big star,
7: D Lemon, right now. I, I'm breathing heavy right now because you know who the person you need to be saying that and who needs to hear it is Rick Santorum. I cannot, I was serious watching the interview in my office. I cannot believe the first words out of his mouth weren't I'm sorry, I said something ignorant. I, you know, I, sh- I need to learn about the history of this country. No contrition, didn't talk about, you know, the suffering that Native Americans have had to deal with in this country. It was, I mean, Rick Santorum, really? Who, did he think, did he actually think it was a good idea for him to come on television and try to whitewash the whitewash that he whitewashed? I mean, it was was horrible. It was horrible and insulting, and I apologize to the viewers who were insulted by it because I I was sitting in my office furious because he's done it so many times. So many times. And it's just, I'm sorry, it was just, it, it was so egregious and insulting and everything that we talk about, about the founding of this country, Europeans did not found, found this country. It was here. The Native Americans had this country before the Europeans came. Yeah, the Europeans conquered the country. They colonized it, but they didn't, they, it, was, it had nothing to do with the founding of this country. And he should recognize that. He needs to know that, especially if he's going to be on television representing us and talking about it. He should be doing it from the right perspective and not from some perspective about how, you know, what Europeans... No, that, that's the wrong way to look at it. That is the... He is, he's, it's all wrong. I'm sorry, but that is the truth. And. I I can't believe I just I was watching it going. I cannot believe this man is sitting here and doing this. It was like the for Black Lives Matter it was like Native American
1: Lives Matter moment for me watching that. Well, ask yourself this once, you know, you deal with the emotion of it. Why are things like that said? And why does he not apologize, but say that's not for me to answer? That's well, but, for him but, to answer. That's but, not, you, but you have to, because otherwise you're not going to have any place to put your pain. I don't Listen, you know, I have a place to put my pain. I have this platform and I have to be
7: honest about it. And so I've got a place to put my pain. I'm talking about the people who don't. I'm speaking for the people who don't. I know, have a platform. but you've got to do more and than just
1: echo the outrage. I'm not echoing the outrage. You I don't find even know about the outrage. From. Yes, you do. No, I don't. That's where you're wrong. No, I don't know That's about the outrage.
7: Wrong. Let me tell you, I don't know anything about this whole Rick Santorum thing. I don't know anything about that. I had just sitting watching that interview, and I'd heard bits and pieces of it. And when I saw him, I said, "Was he going to apologize? He's going to say?" Because I knew initially what he said, but I don't know anything about the outrage. I know nothing about that.
1: You have to understand. I'm not talking about the outrage against Rick Santorum. The our, reason our world, that Donald our world Trump, Trump is not Twitter. What I'm saying is, it's not about. This isn't about Twitter. I don't care about Twitter. Well, you but that's that. where the reaction is, and then the media hypes the reaction. What I'm saying is this: I had him on because I want people to see what this is there is no mystery for you guys people know what it is Chris. no they don't no <laughs> they don't because if you just dismiss it don i'm not dismissing it. That's he's the wrong that's not the truth but sometimes people then are why wrong do, but why do people keep the saying it the whole reason bec- because because, yeah. because we
7: allow them to say it no no yes. no you're not and a the, censor yes it is it's I'm because not, i'm not censoring acceptance. i'm not censoring and you're saying i'm censoring i didn't say censor him you say we said we allow
1: them. You don't get I to decide th- who said, says what. I said
7: I cannot believe that he came on and the first words out of his mouth weren't, wasn't contrition. How That's can you I, not I believe it? Should, how can I not believe it? Yeah. Because, because for him to bl- – he is blaming. Then he turned it into this thing about uh, the Republican Party and Trump. This had nothing to do with Trump. The only thing it had to do with Trump is that he was the, he was one of the people who allowed – the, this party to become the Trump party. That's right. From all of the things that he said before. That's right. That's like me. That's like me. Please stop yelling at me. I'm, I'm trying to complete my thought. That's like me saying that Chris Cuomo, I said something that was, that offended people and blaming it on Chris Cuomo. It's nothing to do with. this is about Rick.
1: This is about Rick Santorum. That's what it's about. For me, I'll just say this, because I know you got a show to do. <sighs> I, look, this country is in a crisis that is all about identity, and there is a wager being made on the right that they can get enough white people to believe that they are targeted, that there has been a perverse culture shift, and that they are being replaced. True, no, but it's not about facts. It's think about fear. People already feeling. know
7: that. I think people know. That. If it's that not- were
1: true, then that party wouldn't be as formidable and the Democrats wouldn't be as vulnerable as they are in the upcoming midterms. That, that, no, it's people already know that. And the
7: people in the Republican Party know that. That's 70% why 70 percent of them. That's say why you have an insurrection. Biden didn't win. You have an insurrection because people believe that America was founded in the image of white people. And that the country was built in their image and therefore the election should go their way. It's the same thing that Rick Santorum is saying about Native Americans and the lack of the contribution. It's the same thing. I think people know that. I just think people are tired of being insulted every single day. Seventy percent of that that.
1: party accepts that
7: doesn't the big lie. Right. That doesn't make it right, and that doesn't mean that. Of course, that it doesn't make it right. What I'm saying is, if it
1: were as simple as two plus two equals four, it's we wouldn't not, be in this situation. It's
7: not that. Uh, listen, we're not getting, you're not getting anywhere, because seriously, I'm just. I'm, I'm I know really you're mad. upset. I'm what really I'm mad. saying
1: is, what's the solution? What's the fix? If it were as simple as he's wrong, you're right, we wouldn't be here. That's all. We got to go,
7: because we're not going to agree.
1: I, I agree got, I got, because I know where you're coming from and I love you, Don. You know, I love you too. We
7: agree on just, the problem. What's the solution? We got to figure it out. <laughs> I got a big, I got a solution,
0: but anyways, not my decision. Thank you. See you later. Quality sleep is essential. And that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together.